Hello, and welcome back to the Liberty Blues. I'm Sean Osborne. I'm John Phillips from the deep red state of Indiana. I'm Steve Marin, also from Indiana. And today we are joined by James Werner. How's it going, James? It's going great. So I hear uh, you're running for office over there in Indiana. Where at? Yeah, again, Tippecanoe County. And what, what office are you running for? I'm running for the county commissioner's spot. What uh, what uh, got you all fired up to run for office? Uh, you know, I, I, I actually work in county government. I've been there for uh, quite a while, about 15 years or so. And uh, off and on, you know, depending on who was in office. And, uh, uh, and it's just in the last, you know, couple of years, I've just witnessed just a lot of what I see is like poor management, you know, um, there's a lot of opportunity to streamline workflows and that kind of thing. And uh, they're just not doing a whole lot about it. You know, I think uh, in Indiana, um, I don't know if your listeners are, you know, around the country or whatever, but in, in Indiana, it's kind of the, uh, the county governments, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of modeled after uh, the old uh, Roman Republic with a triumvirate, you know, they got three commissioners. So it's like a board of commissioners that run the, each county. And uh, so it really, you know, it, it about takes an act of God to get like a, uh, somebody fired if they did a horrible job, you know, it, it, as far as the appointed positions, you know, they appoint people to uh, the health departments appointed, the people in the highway department, you know, there's an appointee, there's somebody appointed in the area planning commission, these are uh, the IT director, they're all appointed by these commissioners. And a lot of times those folks just, they stay on forever, regardless of their job performance, um, you know, uh, regardless of, 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 of any, you know, things they do that are clearly not, uh, wouldn't be acceptable in the private sector. You know, I come from private sector jobs and um, we see somebody not doing a job, we, we get rid of them or we correct them, you know, and, and don't, don't see that a lot in county government. They just kind of go on and on forever, um, uh, regardless of the services they actually perform. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I've, you know, witnessed over the years and, and had some frustrations with, and, you know, we, we've done everything we can to try to drag county government into um, 21st century with, you know, using electronic documents instead of people data entering and scanning things, you know, things that really can streamline government processes, you know, um, ideally we'd like to eliminate some of those processes, but um, as long as we have them, a lot of it's state required, state mandated. So we, uh, try to automate as much of that stuff as we have. I, I work for the current county assessor and, uh, you know, we've, 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 we, we were able to serve people when government was closed because we basically automated our office six years ago with projects I've managed for uh, electronic documents, signatures, people can, anything they could do. Our goal was anything someone could do in our office that they could just do from their home computer. And, and it makes it so we don't need as many, uh, people in the office, you know, um, or if we do have people, they can be doing bigger and better things um, rather than chasing around paperwork and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it really comes from a desire to uh, see more um, efficient and accountable uh, county government services. You know, everybody's paying for them, so they should get what they pay for. That's cool. So you're running for one of the three, uh, what'd you call it, chairman or whatever it is? County commissioner seat. Yeah. County commissioner. Yeah. So yeah, the county government, you know, you've got a county council and you got the commissioners are like the presidents or the mayors, you know, uh, but there's three of them. So usually people don't know who the heck they are. They're just, uh, and uh, often they stay in there forever. And, uh, you know, it's hard to hold them accountable because things are so, uh, it's such a numbers game, you know, in local politics, it's, it's, uh, 
you know, if, if you're in a district where there's a lot of Democrats, you're probably going to get a Democrat councilman. You know, if you're in a district where there's a lot of Republicans, you're going to get a lot of Republican councilmen. It's not, you know, it's not as volatile as uh, presidential elections and federal elections. You know, it's um, and uh, and a lot of times these offices go unopposed. You know, for the most part, uh, this like for instance, this cycle uh, we've got a, uh, a auditor uh, coming up, um, assessor coming up. Um, county recorder um a couple council spots there's no opposition you know um there's some people trying to run in primaries maybe here and there but for the most part uh these people run unopposed all the time and uh you know and, and that kind of is, is a rough thing for me because i you know i see a lot of people out there that it's amazing to me especially you know the democrat side i see these people that are complaining about being out of work or you know unemployed or underemployed or whatever it is not making enough money and yet there's a job like the county recorders that pays 65, 70 grand a year that nobody applied for, you know? So I, yeah, just put your name on a ballot, you know? And I don't understand why uh, more people don't do it. It's, um, you know, uh, I, I've, I've run for offices before, uh, ran for a uh, county auditor at one time, kind of during the uh, Tea Party movement, there was a sort of a big uh, uh, insurgency in the Republican party of reformers, you know, trying to, uh, you know, hold those folks accountable and, you know, the big anti-rhino push that was going on. I, I was really excited about that, but it, you know, it turned out to be just kind of more of the same um, counties like ours that were sort of dom dominated by Republicans just remained the same Republicans in office and they continue to do the same things. And, and a lot of that was a waste, a lot of big, big money, you know, and, and, and valuable resources that just could have been utilized for things years and years ago. And they just, they just fail to uh, understand the technology, fail to want to, uh, you know, change the way people do things that are to bring it more into a modern era. Um, and, uh, you know, so we just try to do what we can, where, where we can. I, I've been sort of chipping away at it uh, as much as I could from the, uh, you know, county assessor's office, what, what we could do to streamline our office, to make it more accountable to people, to make it a better service department. And, um, you know, we did all those things. And, and um, so I hope to kind of apply some of that thinking to county government, you know, to do the same kind of reforms that we did in our uh, assessor's office for some of these other departments that are sort of still, you know, working in a uh, 1970s, you know, paper pushing file folder management system. So mm -hmm. how many council, how many um, commissioner seats are up on this cycle? All three uh, of just them? one. Yeah, there, there's just one. And, uh, and it, it's something I, I got a real kind of problem with for some, I, you know, I, I understand the way it works and, and uh, but I think it's not really uh, the way they do it. And I don't know if it's Indiana across the board or just Tippecanoe County. I think it's just the way they do it in Indiana, but these commissioners have districts, you know, there's a, there's a defined district map that I have and I'm in, you know, district one, the County commissioner's office. But the thing is, is that district one doesn't matter what district because it's a countywide vote. So people from all over the County, uh, pick that commissioner representative for each district, which, uh, you know, I just feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of having a district in the first place. If there's no representation, if it's just going to be, you know, if you live in a County that's all Democrats and there's a majority of Democrats, you're just going to get Democrat commissioners forever and ever, uh, until somebody really screws up. And then, you know, same is true, uh, you know, on the, on the Republican side, you have Republican County, you just end up with Republican commissioners, uh, regardless, even if they represent an inner city area that's, you know, predominantly Democrats, um, 
Uh, for instance, the, the district I'm in, uh, they have a Republican commissioner right now. But if you look at the voting history, uh, that 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 area was a uh, really a big Joe Biden area. People, so was that sorry yeah. was that on like the West Lafayette side or downtown? Uh, yeah, the both? district is is sort of the north uh, part of the county. It's sort of a uh, triangle map that it goes to the north part of the county. Um, uh, and it includes a lot of downtown Lafayette and West Lafayette and the university. So, so I, I'm running as a, as a Democrat um, and that, that district itself, you know, if you look at um, straight party ticket voting, all that really seems to line up for Democrats, but it's a, uh, you know, they run it countywide. So it doesn't really matter. You know, you're, you're got to right. still deal with all the rural areas that are going to probably lean Republican just because, you know, not, not because they're, they're, they're not good conservatives or whatever, you know, they're, they're just going to vote for the person with the R next to their name. And, um, you know, ha I was shocked. I did a little research on my own last few years, uh, especially with I do a lot of GIS uh, mapping stuff and uh, and was able to look at some of these districts. And, man, that, uh, the straight party ticket voting is, is insane. I, I was shocked to find out that about half the voters um, vote straight party ticket. So um, that's something yeah. that, you know, my, my friends in the Libertarian Party and, and uh, uh, really um, – you know, struggle with because they don't get straight party ticket votes. If they do, it's, you know, uh, less than 1% or whatever. So they really have to go out and, you know, really work just to get their, just to get their name, any kind of recognition um, where I think with the main parties, it's side of a numbers game in some ways. And, and, uh, and hopefully it's a, you know, a, a, a becomes a, a battle of ideas, you know, uh, but, but a lot mm -hmm. of times I think the contests are really just, whatever's going on that year, you know, um, uh, if there happens to be some local, um, you know, I've seen local initiatives that were, you know, Democrats strongly supported and they'd come out in droves in local elections. Um, whereas, uh, you know, sometimes off cycle years like this that, or, or last cycle, we had a lot of, you know, there was a lot of anti-Trump sentiment out there, both from Republicans and Democrats. And um, they uh, came out in droves against it, you know, but but it didn't it didn't change too much the local levels, although we did get a lot of uh, we got a lot of Democrats uh, swept into office um, on that kind of anti you know, that Trump hate or whatever was going on. And um, turned out that our townships, there's some you know, some court cases going on right now because they weren't necessarily the best choices. You know, they had they had pretty good uh, representation in townships as it was and these Democrats that some of them got in there and really didn't know what they were doing. And they, you know, kind of made a mess of things and, you know, gave that local party a real bad name by the way they handled themselves. One, one of the township uh, trustees um, got, I think 36 count felony counts against her for uh, abandoning her township during the COVID. She decided she was going to go live in a trailer down in Florida somewhere or something. And, oh. uh, you know, and, and you got to live in the township. So, um, so, so that was a you know black eye for the local Democrat party, which, you know, doesn't have much representation as is it really is, uh, the cities, we've got a lot of Lafayette, for instance, uh, we're, we're, we're by Purdue university for people that aren't familiar with the area, Purdue university is in West Lafayette. And I live in Lafayette and, um, it's, a uh, we had about 200,000 people in the County, um, Lafayette's about 90,000 population, um, West Lafayette's fluctuates between 35 and 60 or 70 when the students are in at Purdue. Um, so it's kind of a uh, interesting, you know, uh, sample of, of the electorate that's out there in our county. And uh, it's an engineering town. There's a lot of smart people around here from all over the world. And um, they bring a lot of different ideas to the table. A lot of the students, you know, are 
tend, you know, what they, what they say about if you're not a, uh, what is that thing they say? If you're not a, a, a Democrat when you're young, you don't have a heart. If you're not a, a conservative when you're older, you don't have a brain, I think they say. Um, yeah. And so, you know, a lot of students tend to lean for the Democrats. It's, you know, it's, uh, so I, you know, I, I think it's sometimes it's kind of a numbers game, really. And, uh, but it's just shocking to me that people don't participate in the system, you know. Um, so who's the incumbent? Sorry to interrupt. Who's who's the incumbent? Are you running against uh, my, an incumbent? my opponent? Is uh, Tracy Brown? He he was the uh, incumbent Former commissioner. Sheriff. Prior to that, he was the county sheriff. Yeah, for a yeah. while. Um, I, people, I've been talk. I've been really encouraged because I've talked to a lot of uh, Republicans that aren't weren't fans, you know. Um, and uh, a lot of people um, know me as a Republican because that's how I had run in the past. Uh, but in in Indiana. Uh, you you kind of have to if you're going to run for office you, you have to sort of run based on the last primary you voted in uh, and I was a uh, Tulsi Gabbard supporter during the primary because I loved her staunch sort of anti-war stance she's a military veteran and I appreciated that and I'm a military veteran and held the same views as far as uh, foreign intervention and that sort of thing so uh, I thought I'd go out and show her some support but that you know puts my name over on the Democrat column so uh now I, i'm running um you know uh so you have my to, ideas under that banner you know i didn't i didn't realize that so you have to you have to run if you're going to run for a local office you have to run in the primary that you last voted in right yes unless it, it's wow. supposed to be the last two unless you get the uh the uh chairman of the party to um affirm your um uh, uh your party affiliation i um, see so, for instance, my uh, I work for the county assessor's office, and the county assessor in our county um, doesn't vote in primaries. He never has, and and uh, he's a very non-political person. Um, he managed to win the election because he's a kind of a genius, and uh, he uh, uh, has done a great job as assessor, been really fair, kind of stabilized our tax base um, in an amazing kind of way, and uh, he really, um, uh, you know, he's done a pretty good job. And uh, but he but he but he has to always get the you know like a permission slip from the party chair to enable to run for his slot again, even though he's the incumbent, hmm. um, because he doesn't have that party affiliation associated with uh, his vo voting record, you know. Hmm. So, so yeah, so that's the way it works in Indiana. Yeah, it's whatever primary you vote in is whatever you are. <laughs> People say I'm a registered this, and I'm like, you're not registered nothing. You you just it's whatever <laughs> ballot you pull when you go to the polls on the on you know on primary day. And that's what yeah. they put you down as. So, you know, so I get my mailbox is full with stuff from both parties, all three parties, I guess. I get a lot of libertarian uh -huh. stuff too, you know, so. Yeah. So um, well, let's take a break uh, right there and come back and talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that like switching parties and stuff like that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Free People is the title track to my new album. Please check it out wherever you listen to music. This album is full of libertarian-themed songs like Tax Man, Which Side Are You On, Don't Tread On Me, and Take Human Action. A nod to the Mises Caucus, and all the royalties to that song will be given to the Mises Caucus. So the more you listen, the more you give. So please support music with a libertarian theme, and let's build some libertarian culture and get rid of this garbage from the left.
right, we're back. So yeah, I'm glad you, you explained that because I was kind of wondering how somebody that was uh because you, you uh I, I assume when you, you're talking about uh the tea party and stuff that you you like you you loved you some Ron Paul back in the day. Uh yeah, uh, I was a uh, yeah, I was a uh uh really, you know, I, I was interested in politics before I was in the Marine Corps, you know, I I was a uh helicopter crew chief and door gunner in uh, Somalia and Operation Restore Hope and um I grew up, my, my mom was a Democrat and my dad was just not much. He was kind of apathetic. He was a Vietnam vet. He just, he, uh, he thought he could tell uh, my stepmom who to vote for and she'd go vote for whoever he told her to and he didn't really participate. So I didn't have a lot of you know, political influence growing up. I grew up in Northwest Indiana where it was a lot of Democrats. We're by Gary, we're by a lot of union, Demo, you know, union people. <laughs> um, and, uh, and down here in Lafayette, um, when I first moved here, Tippecanoe County was pretty red. I mean, it's as red as it gets. And uh, over time, with the university expanding and things changing, it's been um, getting to be more of a blue county. It's a it's a faintest, palest shade of blue you've ever seen. But <laughs> but but they do uh, they tend to the university. I think carries a lot of weight in the demographics. Uh, you know, with uh, I don't know some of these voucher systems, that kind of stuff has changed quite a bit over the last ten years. So. Um, I feel like uh, from a from a baseline statistical side, I have a pretty good chance just based on the numbers. Um, but that's you know that's assuming that you know I can uh, uh, convince uh, Democrats and Republicans both that I have their interest in mind and and um, and I, and, I, and I think I have a pretty solid uh, campaign. The things I'm wanting to do are uh, uh, you know it's both. It's funny sometimes you get where you're, where it's both. Uh, you know, real conservatism is actually saves government money. And uh, usually there's some environmental things that go along with it, you know, something like uh, switching over to just nothing but electronic documents. Um, you know, that, that saves a lot of trees. It's a very kind of a green position to take that, that I think a lot of Democrats resonate with, but it's also a, um, you know, efficiency thing. It costs less to uh, have an electronic document system in place than it does to process all the forms coming in. And, and uh, as long as we have to have those forms because of state mandates and that kind of thing, we, they should be handled um, in the most efficient way possible. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of uh, have done some of those things to the assessor's office. We've, we've tried to get our uh, county commissioners on board to um, expand some of these programs countywide and they just haven't had any interest in it. They don't want to do it ma mainly because, you know, maybe it's not their idea or they feel like it's something they're not fully in control of or, or whatever it is, but it's, uh, it's worked great for the assessor's office. We've, we've had um, electronic documents in our office for about seven years now. And uh, it really makes our life a lot easier, streamlines the workflow. You know, we've been able to, uh, uh, you know, change the staff to where we have a lot less, people shredding and scanning and data entering things. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's, I, and I, I worked in the mortgage business for a long time. And I, and when I first started, you, you know, people were handwriting mortgage applications. And if you've ever gotten a mortgage, you know, that's a, you know, you sign your name to your hand is like, uh, you know, cramped up with, with arthritis. Um, and today, if you've got, you know, if you got a mortgage, you know, let's say 15 years ago, that's what it was like. You just writing and signing and the people doing the work with a lot of paperwork, Today, if anybody's got a mortgage in the last, you know, few years, they know that it's pretty much you do everything on your phone. Pretty much you take a picture of a your W-2 and they've got, if they don't already have, you know. Um, so uh, life's gotten a lot easier um, 
you know, in that regard, I watched that development of uh, the different technologies that came along, Doc Magic and those kind of things that um, transformed the mortgage business to make it more efficient, to make it more, um, uh, you know, a lot cleaner, a lot, a lot easier to keep an eye on in terms of regulatory stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't understand why local governments don't, why there isn't more people in local government who want to embrace those kind of ideas and, um, you know, and use the technology that's out there to serve the people that they're supposed to be serving. A lot of time, I feel like uh, government self is kind of serve themselves, you know, whatever is easiest. And a lot of times uh, change is that thing that you know, they feel like it's going to create more work for them. And they don't, they don't realize that it's going to make things a lot, a lot better, and a lot more efficient if they can offer the, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what, um, what would you say is your biggest gripe, like about the, the guy who, who, who you want to, take his seat well like, what, I, what, what do you think he's been particularly inefficient at i've had i i had i had a particular incident uh with him um in my in a, in my job I, I do uh as part of my job as a project manager for the county assessor's office i uh i do a lot of uh, uh work with electronic maps and gis in fact uh in 2020 um uh, a lot of people are familiar with that John Hopkins map. You know, that was an Esri map. That the Esri is a company who um, they provide the electronic mapping services for most of the governments on the planet. Um, and uh, I won an international award for them by a couple of the maps I created were included in some international publications for uh, cities and ca uh, cities and counties. Um, and uh, I've been speaking at a few conferences lately. But I had an incident with uh, with the GIS. Uh, system where the uh the uh we we had to kind of create our own in the assessor's office and fund it in the assessor's office because we were being restricted from using that technology and um and then when we got involved in it i i, I had an incident where i noticed i noticed that they were uh the county it department was publishing some sensitive information um people's addresses that were supposed to be redacted because they were um yeah, in Indiana, if you're a judge or you're in a, you know, domestic violence victim or a cop or or you're, you know, a teacher or whatever, if there's a need, they will redact your name and address from uh, public records that are available online uh, anonymously. So if you if you have a password, you can see it. That's different. If you come into the office physically, want to see the sheriff's property record card, that's different. But on some of these websites where they publish. Uh, names and addresses the um, Indiana has uh, this redaction policy and I I noticed that they were redacting uh, they, they weren't redacting some of this raw data that was out there and uh, it was on a server that you didn't have to log into and I, I brought this to this commissioner's attention hoping that he would um, talk to the IT director and you know and hold them accountable and uh, basically what happened was they tried to blame me like it was somehow my, you know as a user in technology like as if I was hacking the system or something, because I merely pointed out what could have been a, you know, maybe a, uh, uh, maybe a serious um, breach of data breach that, 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 that someone could have done, they could have accessed it. So I was merely just letting them know that there was a potential problem. They turned it back around on me, like, you know, like somehow I was the problem. And, and this particular commissioner, uh, he said he would take care of it, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, that IT director still has his job. He's still, um, uh, get collected a paycheck every month and and uh, you know and it's it's just frustrating to see that where where there's clear you know uh, uh, you know clear a clear case of somebody um, 
dereliction of duty, you know, in a way. And so, so that's something that I think uh, I could help with. I could, you know, I, I know yeah. for certain, I know a lot more about this technology stuff than he does and um, I know how to implement it and do it in a way that's going to be um, respectful to people's rights. And, um, uh, you know, so as far as from the mortgage side, I, all about data, you know, security, we don't let people's social security numbers run around out there and that kind of thing. And uh, uh, so I think we, you know, need more people in leadership positions that understand technology and that, um, you know, are big advocates for uh, uh, privacy and uh, personal liberty and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. We need definitely need people who take care of the personal liberty thing because the government tends to trample the hell out of that. Yeah, they just kind of do what they want to do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and involved in the process. You know, I'm real big on volunteerism. Like, like for instance, I just created a map, uh, a system that's a, that's a, it's an Esri product that they um, can deploy. And I just recently deployed this kind of on my own without much support from some of the uh, people in government. But it's a, it's a, it's an app where like you can report a pothole and take a picture of it and it'll go onto mm -hmm. the highway department. You know, and then and then there's some follow up, you know, so oh, this person report this pothole. Hey, look, we fixed it. You know, it's it's a, it's one of these things where it's holding government accountable, you know, or, or they can mm -hmm. report like, uh, I don't know, graffiti in a neighborhood or um, non-emergency stuff, you know, a dog running around or something that that the maybe the animal control people can come out to or or maybe we can share that app with uh, that map page with some of the local shelters. Maybe they can get to that dog before the animal control does. Um, so trying to, you know, make government smarter using, uh, I, I know I sometimes like, uh, like Ron Paul would talk about, you know, the, the less they do, the safer we are. So I, we don't want to get them too smart, but, but, but if the technology is, if the technology is out there, um, you know, I'd like to be able to, uh, report a pothole or, or, or a damaged street light or a hazard in a public park or something like that. And, and as a real nice, efficient way of doing that, or, or for instance, like things like trash pickup. You know, this application, you could, I've got oversized trash right now. You know, I pay for trash service. Um, I can take a picture of that, say, hey, look, I've got this couch and all these branches. And then they know, to, they know right away to send the appropriate truck over and pick that stuff up as opposed to having them drive around all day with these Biden gas prices and looking for that big garbage. I can just tell them right where it's at and they can drive right to it. Um, so, uh, you know, trying to utilize that technology to its fullest extent, it's, it's actually not expensive. The technology is not expensive and, uh, and it saves so much more, um, you know, in, uh, in resources, manpower, um, you know, just, there's just all kinds of efficiencies that are created by, um, uh, GIS mapping and, and also, uh, accountability to the public, um, going back and, you know, we, we, that's one of the things in the assessor's office we've always done has been try to be real transparent about the process. A lot of tax assessors kind of use this black box assessment. They just, that's their, what it is and that's it. And, um, you know, for me being more of a, a, a leaning, um, you know, kind of in that direction of personal liberty, people don't understand always like, well, how could you be a tax assessor and claim to be a libertarian? You know, um, it is a little bit of a, of a thing. It's kind of like how I can, uh, whatever, uh, uh, play in a, in a Grateful Dead cover band and be in the Marine Corps. You know, I, I've always kind of looked at those, extremes and try to learn from from those sides and um for me with with, with tax assessing especially um in the uh in, in the in the local government you know the the only people talk about that like oh they can take my house and you, know, you get a lot of people puff up their chest about it but but you know i think libertarian philosophy goes down to that you know that uh, non-aggression principle 
um, and uh, and the use of force, you know, and 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 the thing is, is that nobody, nobody who's alive today bought a piece of real estate, not knowing there was going to be real estate taxes. You know, we all voluntarily accepted that property. It's in the purchase agreements that you understand that there's a tax liability for this property that you buy, unlike the income tax, which, you know, I never signed up for. I never asked for it, uh, you know, which taxes my labor. Um, I would go with that real estate tax because it's uh, it's apportioned to um, to the wealth that people accumulate. They can choose to buy a fifty thousand dollar house or trailer or or a million dollar house. That, that's their choice. And and they and uh, the other thing about that revenue is it in Indiana, um, real estate taxes stay in the community. So somebody pays a property tax. That's actually what they're using to fix that road. That's actually what how that cop and fireman gets paid. That money, it stays in the community. People have a right to appeal the values. Um, so so it's, it's, you know, in my mind, one of the least offensive taxes, although I, I understand people, you know, protect their homestead. They think it's an offense on them, but they, they bought the property most cases knowing damn well there was going to be a tax associated with it. So uh, it's hard for me to listen to that complaint. You know, I, none of us were born knowing our labor was going to be taxed for the rest of our life or, you know, and when we get a job, they, they never say that this job is pending, you know, our ability to take out the taxes. They just do it because they, they own you, you know, um, where with, uh, with real estate, it's, I think people do, uh, it is kind of a volunteer, it's the closest thing to a voluntary tax I've seen. Um, uh, people associated with sales tax and in Indiana, most of the sales taxes uh, go to the state and then the counties have to beg to get that money back. But with real estate tax, it's, it's our money. It stays in our community um it's it's assessed it's paid for it's you know it's spent all in our community um so if you're gonna have taxes that to me that's a lot less offensive a tax than and also yeah. you know the closer that your, your tax dollar stays to you the closer you have it the more efficient it is um, absolutely the, yeah. and, and you can come you know, to our meeting the less waste the less corruption the farther away you know who knows you know i have more confidence in a tax dollar that i have on the county where i know where the commissioner's meeting is uh, i have right, a little less confidence in indianapolis and i have no confidence in washington dc um, <laughs> yeah on the same boat there yeah absolutely yeah and so and so for me it's about for me it's really been about like making the most of those tax dollars you know Let, letting these people uh know that somebody's doing the job for them you know hey you had you're mad because you had a pothole in front of your yard well not only here's a place where you can report that pothole but, um, you know, here's a list of all of the road construction projects, you know, on a map that are going on and the status of those projects, who's funding those projects. Are they, you know, is it Indiana DOT? Is it a local thing? Is it the city of Lafayette? Um, you know, simple things like we had a snowstorm a while back and I had a guy using a mapping system in West Lafayette that I administer. And he made a, uh, a chart and showed whether what, what, what roads Purdue University was responsible for clearing and what roads the city of West Lafayette was responsible for clearing and which would be the ones that were the priority and emergency situation. Um, so there's, there's a lot of good things that can happen with that technology, particularly I, I'm very interested in the, uh, uh, in, in, in that geographic information uh, system, you know, that GIS and that, and that the mapping um, because the technology there has just come so far uh it's, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's, some of it gets a little scary. It is a little big brother stuff. You know, they, they've got some things like, uh, you know, like you could volunteer to, um, 
let the local police know that you have a, a security camera. And, and some people might think, oh my gosh, that sounds like Big Brother, but you know, it's voluntary. Uh, maybe if that registry was out there, people knew I had a security camera, they'd be less likely to screw on my house. Um, and the police don't have a right to that camera, but they know that like, I don't know, if somebody breaks in my neighbor's house, if they know I've got one, they can say, hey, would you be willing to share some footage between this time and that time when we think this burglary happened? And, and if they know, you know, they, there's, I don't have any problem with the local cops knowing I got a security camera as long as it can't be used against me, you know, um, mm -hmm. and I can help out my neighbors in some way. So, you know, some of that stuff, I think there's some, there's some, uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 there's, there's a lot, I think the good outweighs the bad. And as far as like our, our county, um, you know, their county mission statement includes empowering individuals, you know, as they say, we want to empower individuals and, um, and, uh, we have a lot of technology just sitting around that they're paying millions of dollars for it. Nobody's using because there isn't any leadership, you know, uh, demanding that they use it. You know, our, our health department had the worst response during COVID. They, they had nothing. They really, you know, they didn't have a single map that showed anybody where they could go get a vaccine or, or, or they go get a test or any of that stuff. You know, we had to rely, we would rely on Google or whatever else, natural, national sources. But I'm thinking if I'm paying a guy to run the health department, I, he ought to be um, at least uh, trying to use technology best he can. He ought to have some kind of a, a way for me to at least uh, know where, where things are happening. You know, if they're doing, if they're, they're we're already, and I don't know if that's what it's a role of government, but they do like free STD tests or something, but, where are they doing this at? Who the hell knows? They don't have it on a map anywhere, you know? So uh, I, I just like to see a little more accountability out of all the county departments that don't have elected officials over them, which are um, all pretty much run by the commissioner's office. I'd like to, they got a lot of contracts, technology contracts, they're duplicates of other technologies we have in place. And that's another, uh, you know, another thing that uh, is a, uh, you know, that I see that's just waste. I'll plug this phone in there. So that's the kind of thing, you know, I guess that's the thing I'm interested in mainly is using technology to create efficiencies, um, try to save tax dollars, try to save tax dollars, try to provide better service. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and hold the people accountable when they're not, when they're not doing the job. Cause we just, they tend to kick the can down the road. They're like, well, this guy's going to retire eventually. Who cares if he, you know, you know, hasn't done anything in the last 10 years, they just let him ride on forever. And uh, I'm kind of about results. I want to see, you know, what, what are they, what are they doing? What, where's this, where's this money going and what, what's it, what's it, what's it doing for us? It's, is it, uh, uh, I definitely would like to have somebody who's a libertarian minded dealing with the tax money then, because at least if they got to take it, then, uh, you know, somebody's going to be trying to make that, uh, dollar go further than, uh, yeah. some people that projects and stuff like that. And technology really is a great way to, uh, to, you know, because government is woefully behind in a lot of things. Right. Yeah. I was, I was shocked when I, when I started working in county government in 2017 uh, or 20, I'm sorry, 2007, in 2007, the county assessor's office had, uh, had those tractor fed dot matrix printed cards, like old report cards from the <laughs> 1960s, you know, that was the property record card. Um, the system had changed in Indiana about 2004. The uh, Indiana property tax system was found unconstitutional um, and they reformed the way that they did everything. They went to a, a market and sales approach, 
where before they had this replacement cost. And what that what that replacement cost did was you had a lot of people in old like homes, old big mansions that were worth a million dollars maybe, but it would be depreciated down to, you know, you know, 50 or hundred grand or something. And then what was happening was the tax burden was being, the property tax burden was being pushed on new construction because it didn't have any, uh, didn't have any depreciation yet. So, so a new construction home, a hundred thousand dollar new construction home, or two hundred thousand new construction home, was being taxed like five or six times what, uh, uh, you know, a, a seven hundred thousand dollar Victorian mansion was being taxed at. Um, and so they found that system unconstitutional with this market system, uh, but they were still trying to print these record cards every year. You know, like this big waste of paper and just these cards that they would just sit in a file cabinet that most nobody would look at and. Um, and so one of the, they were also doing like uh, sketches, they would, they would uh, do like kind of dumbed down architectural drawings of the properties to understand how many square feet they were and that kind of thing. And uh, they were doing those all in pencil. I, I went to art school, I had some training in uh, electronic drafting, CAD drawing. Um, so I got there, I was doing electronic, electronic sketches for the assessor's office, then I got involved in this mapping stuff. Um, but but uh, one of the first things we did was... Uh, scanned all those record cards and just got rid of them and just we're just never printed them again you know we just printed them as virtual pdfs and put them all online and we never saw people in our office anymore you know now these realtors and appraisers and the people who need that tax record information they just go on a website and get it 24 hours a day anytime they want uh and our staff isn't having to cater to those people isn't having to you know put away the record cards refile them at the end of the day i mean when i got there that a person whose old job was just filing record cards back again after taxpayers took them out and didn't file them and um and they had you know digital cameras but they were like taping uh polaroids like to these record cards it was a mess it was just i couldn't believe it operated like that and uh and 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 so um you know we just uh we had a, a democrat assessor who was the first democrat tax assessor in the county ever it was a very young 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 woman um who uh really had to buck the system and, and fight. And, and, um, and she uh, was able to make some reforms. She was able to put the tax information on online. You know, she was able to have provide some transparency, make it easier for people to file tax appeals and, and have systems for settling them that were fair, that weren't just, you know, good old boys club deciding how much your house is worth, but actually, uh, you know, doing some statistical linear regression analysis and, uh, of the data, you know, looking at sales, giving people a fair shake. And, um, you know, we, we managed to really stabilize the tax base doing that, move that office into the future. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm you know, 15 years later, I'm looking around these other departments, they still look like they did in the 70s, some of them, you know. And uh, so uh, I'm hoping to kind of light a fire under some people to, you know, either, either get out the get out the door and retire already or, 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 or bring their offices to a, uh, you know, some level of uh, modern, you know, some modern office where, where things work like they do in the private sector where we don't, you know, uh, yeah. not, not pushing paper everywhere, not, not having to go in, you know, in the county government during COVID and the county offices were closed. You couldn't get a building permit. You know, I, I had a friend who couldn't get uh, an occupancy permit for his house out in the country. They wouldn't turn the water on for him. Um, during a pandemic, you know, because the office was closed, and and that stuff should have been automated. It should have been online. It should have been online, you know, years and years and years ago. He should have been able to fill out a building permit online, and they uh, 
you know, they still don't have it. They, they paid another company about a hundred grand to, to come in and provide them a building permit system. When I showed them that we already had a system that was that, that one of the municipalities was already using for building permits that was, uh, they had free access to it because it was something the assessor was paying for. A lot of these government contracts, they have a license as a department might get it contract. You know, for instance, our mapping license, we've We've got a hundred licenses for our contract. We only have 15 people in our office. So I set out to giving other people licenses, you know, why, why should somebody in the city government have to pay for an additional GIS system when they could just use ours um, for free? It, it, it's a, it's a, it's what we call a uh, uh, excess benefit of the contract. And I think there's a lot of contracts like that in current county government where they might have a hundred seats and 10 users and they never, they never ask around like, Hey, is there somebody, you know, maybe there's somebody in the city who's monitoring, um, you know, the uh, water quality in the Tippecanoe River or the Wabash River coming through. We got both in this county. Um, and uh, maybe they could use that mapping system, you know, and but nobody they don't think about that. They just are like, well, it's over there and that's area planning stuff. And, you know, we're not willing to extend that technology to another department. So that's the kind of thing that we've, uh, you know, been trying to do in the assessor's office. And um gave me a lot of experience working with the different jurisdictions. You know, you start to learn about taxing districts and the, the township government, you know, it's this marble layer cake government we've got where there's townships and cities and uh, little towns and all this stuff, you know, stacked on top of each other. And they're all part of the County. Um, it's a kind of confusing, I think for sometimes people to, uh, to understand, but yeah, they, did, they didn't even have election maps online until I put them online. They just had these paper maps and, and that was frustrating as a candidate. I couldn't, I wanted to be able to go on and see these precincts and where they were at. And they handed me some, you know, PDF that didn't have any addresses on it or some paper map that, that you know, that, that, that didn't have the all the roads on it. I didn't know where things were. So uh, they, I think that the technology is there to make, help make the political process a little more uh, transparent, clear to people what's going on. They can go in and, you know, they should be able to go onto a map and tell them every district that they're in and every candidate that's running for office, and every nickel those people spent last year and, and whatever nickels revenue, they should be able to see all that. Yeah. So uh, I know you said you don't have a website, but do you, do you have any uh, way people can contact you or uh, uh, support yeah, you and I, get your name I out there? Page J James C. Werner. I'm on Facebook, James Werner. There's a, uh, a James C. Werner a political page on Facebook. Um, uh, we are going to be putting out a, a website. It's just called uh, Werner for Tippy Canoe. Just, uh, my name, W-E-R-N-E-R, -E -E number four, uh, Tippy Canoe, and that will be a, uh, a one. I also, uh, maybe uh, when you post this later, I don't know if you, you know how you do it, but but I can send you a uh, QR code for a, um, a, uh, a volunteer site that we do have up for people who are interested in the campaign or want to put out yard signs. Of course, I'm using GIS technology to like place my yard signs and, you know, uh, track where they're going and, and, and let people sign up to help out. And um, so I do have a, uh, I do have a, uh, a link for that, but it's easier shared through like a QR code than a, than a, than a URL or something. So I'll get you a copy of that. All right. That's great. Well, uh, did you guys have any other questions for him? No, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, nice to yeah. meet you. And uh, so is it this, this election, that's, is this uh, one in November or do you have like a primary thing first? Uh, I've got a primary, but I don't, I'm unopposed. So uh, we'll, we'll, oh, okay. we'll have, uh, I'm guaranteeing a, a good victory party, you know, uh, for the primary. Yeah. And, uh, and then I'm gonna, uh, you know, I guess things will get serious uh, coming toward the fall. 
Um, you know, I work with this guy that I'm running against every day, you know, really. Um, and, and, and he's coming around on some of the projects, you know, some, some of what, uh, some of what we're doing is really just to kind of put a little pressure on him to make some changes, you know, it, it, whether I win or not, if, if I could just, uh, get him to realize that there's a lot of wasted money and, and he's the guy who can do something about it. Um, that, that would be a win for me. Um, but, yeah. uh, I, I couldn't go on just watching that kind of waste happen and nobody caring about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny in, in Tippecanoe County, the, the Democrats that are in office are the, are the ones who the, that are the reformers and that are small government types. They're not, you know, trying to, there's no big government program they're interested in for the most part, the county government, that those national issues about abortion, all that kind of stuff. Nobody cares about that. They just care about how you're, you know, spending their money. And if they're actually seeing some services, if they're paying a bunch of taxes and driving around on a, you know, roads that look like the surface of the moon, um, <laughs> there's a problem and, and, you know, we should address that problem, fix it. So that's why I'm there. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds great. Well, yeah, thank thank you very much for coming on the show. And, I appreciate uh, your time. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like as it gets a little closer to the election, if you want to come back on, give us a give us well, a yeah, message. See how things uh, play out. Yeah, and uh, I can send you a copy of that app that I made too that shows the uh, uh, how they can report stuff in our county. Uh, you know how yeah yeah and that kind of thing. Uh, hopefully, I'm cool. going to get some support behind it, but it's gonna it's gonna require some leadership. It's gonna require getting these jurisdictions on board. But the, the cities run a lot of that stuff and you know, getting them to just look at the map and know where the problems are. I figure if they don't, we'll just let them stack up and then make an answer to the voters. Now. <laughs> yeah. All right. All well, right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.